Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. And thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. It, it, it is my favorite time of the year. I'll tell you that about the holidays. And it's not the gift giving and the, and the wrapping and the shopping. It's the moment we actually gather together and do a lot of things uh, that bring us joy. And, yes. and so I wanted to do that because joining me in studio today is Daryl Yeager uh-huh. uh, with Odyssey Dance Theater. And uh-huh. I have to say that Redux Nut is really one of those performances that brings so much joy. And I love that it's a tradition year after year. So welcome. Well, I think, thank you. Thank you for having me. I mean, I think the fun thing about it is that if you've been to one too many Nutcrackers, this is the one to go see because it's, it's all, it's all a little bit tongue in cheek and there's, it's a, a really fun twist to the entire piece. You'll recognize all the music, but a lot of it has very, a, a, a very unusual mix to it, a hip hop backbeat. You know, the kids, instead of dancing around with little horns and dolls, they're, they're dancing a hip hop dance and it's just awesome. Can you, you know? take me back in time? Okay. Tchaikovsky's, okay. right? Yes. Tchaikovsky. Did I pronounce it correctly? You did. Uh, years you ago, I worked on classical music radio stations. So I'm always uh-huh. like twitching just to make sure I got yes. it right. <laughs> but I mean, that was a, a classic over the last century. Sure. That, that and yep. so as a, as a young boy, do you remember listening to the music of the Nutcracker Suite or were you taken to the Nutcracker performances? When were you first exposed? Because it is a long, Long, uh, mystical musical ballet. I mean, yeah, it's a beautiful I mean, it, performance. It was first performed in 1872 in St. Petersburg, and so Russia. And, and actually, believe it or not, it wasn't very. It wasn't much of a hit then. It wasn't People well received. Like, it wasn't that. well received at all. There should be no sugar plum but, fairies you know, dancing anywhere. Huh? Bill Christensen was the first one to actually stage it here uh, in the United States. Okay, so 1870, we go back yes. to to Russia. Russia. They okay. did the Nutcracker. Tchaikovsky did the music. And the Russians went, yeah, I don't know. You know, I think probably because it was set in 1846 Germany, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't very happy. I don't know. I don't know if they were happy Oh, about the that, empire, the know? intrigue yes, uh, yes. Of, of the empires, but, sure. But anyway, it didn't go over very well at that time. And then uh, uh, I was I was lucky to be in Ballet West at the time, um, not when he first said it, but I, I, I worked with Bill Christensen. He was my artistic director when I joined Ballet West. No, I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not asking for your birth certificate. No, please. But don't. tell me the time period that uh, it was 1974 when I came up here. To I graduated in '73 uh, down in Texas and came up here to the University of Utah. I wanted to. I I wanted to come to Ballet West. I just felt it was the right place to be for me, and that's the the company I wanted to get into as far as dance is concerned. Classic ballet, yeah. jazz. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it was mostly just classical okay. ballet at the okay. time, and so. Uh, I, I had stopped here on my way out to San Francisco the summer before. I was uh, 
I was on scholarship at the San Francisco School of Ballet. My goodness. And so I stopped here and watched ballet West rehearse for a while, met some of the people, went, okay, these are, these are kind of cool people. And then I went and met Bill, and then I went out to uh, San Francisco for the summer on scholarship, and then I came back to the University of Utah. And at that time, the University of Utah was actually the official school for Ballet West. Mm. And, you know, I was a guy who was willing to put tights on, and they said, hey, come on over. <laughs> and so, you've been training as a ballet dancer since your youth. Well, I started when I was 16, believe okay. it or not. I, That's late. Yes, very mm-hmm. late. And uh, Had you been dancing in other forms before? No, because the strength no, is required. I was, I, was, uh, I was, you know, a real, I was into sports a lot. I played football, hockey, baseball. I played all the sports and stuff like that. Basketball, I was never very good at. But, but you know, I, I, I got into a musical in high school. And uh, the, the teacher that was there, he taught us steps to, for the, you know, the dance numbers. And I was like, okay. And I just kind of did them and I just seemed to have a natural. So your athletic ability yeah. was translated to the stage. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it just seemed like that was relatively easy. I just had a feel for it. And he said, you know what, you should come take some classes. So I went, went to his studio, which was, uh, you know, the only, there was only one, two studios in, in Amarillo, Texas at the time. And so I went to the studio and I walked in and there was like 26 girls and no guys. And you thought, I love this. And I thought, oh, I like these odds. <laughs> this is awesome. And so I just, I started working at it and I, I was amazed at how hard it was. Yeah. To me, I was drawn to the challenge of it because I thought, you know, in, in baseball, I could only catch a ball so well. I could only throw it so well. It was there was there was kind of it was kind of finite to me in terms of how well you could do it, but f- there's something about performing that not only was it difficult from a physical standpoint, but it was also artistically challenging. So no matter how well I did, I could always do it better, mm. and there was always something to kind of challenge me. And so the challenge was what I besides the girls, the challenge was what really drew me to. To the classroom. It's so fascinating because I, I don't remember this history. Daryl Yeager, for those who just joined us, artistic director and founder of Odyssey Dance Theater. I look at uh, so many of these uh, sports, um, and I don't want to use the term brute strength because mm-hmm. there's smooth athleticism that's involved, especially as I look at basketball, a lot of fluid movements. But when I sit back and watch ballet... There's so much control and precision, fluid movements that to me, I can almost uh, forget to breathe watching its exquisiteness. So to think that you're joining that late in the game and translating that, that it's no wonder it was terrifically challenging, but um, I don't want to use seductive to you. You Uh Mm -hmm. That's a good word. Yes, sure. The girls were certainly seductive (laughs) to me. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I found it very, very challenging. And so I started taking classes and, uh, and taking ballet and doing some jazz classes and stuff like that. And I thought, this, I really kind of like this. And so I auditioned and got into, got a scholarship for the San Francisco School of Ballet, literally, you know, probably about six or seven months after I even started. And then I went out there. Then I came back to the University of Utah right out of uh, high school, right after the San Francisco experience. And almost immediately, Ballet West said, oh, a guy. Come on over. You know what I mean? So I was in their nutcracker the very first year I was there That's because, true. you know, they always needed new you know guys to fill in for the mice and, you know, all these other roles. And Party stuff boys. Like that. Sure. Part, yeah. Mm-hmm. They just needed guys who were willing to go on stage. But it's interesting because my question was, are were you familiar as a little boy to the classical music of Tchaikovsky? And it sounds to me like as a classic dance uh, performer, someone who's learning that, that might have been some of your more deep exposure to the classical music that you were dancing to i really 
I wasn't really had been exposed yeah. to it until I, I became a dancer and yeah. got into, you know, the Nutcracker. And so we, we did the show. I did the show so many years while I was in, in Ballet West and did tons and tons of performances. The thing that was fun about it was that there's so many different roles in it. And so we always switched up the roles, you know, like I would, one night I would be the Arabian, the next night I would do the Chinese, the next night I would do, you know, uh, the Russian, you know, I mean, we, we, we switched up a lot. So we got a lot of experience during those, those uh, performances. Which is some did. of the magic for me as a sure. child watching. Mm-hmm. It was one of the few ballets that as a child who hadn't been exposed to a lot of, of, uh, of dance mm-hmm. um, for, it was one of those that I could watch and just relate to because as a child, I've always wanted my toys. I always believed my toys were really alive mm-hmm. and that at night then when I was asleep is when all the party was happening. Sure. And so this was what, what was reflected on stage is what as a child I'd always hoped yeah. and dreamed to. So this made it an accessible, might have been a classic music piece from the 1870s, but in the 1970s when I was a little girl, sure. it was the dream come true. And Bill Christensen was the first one to actually yeah. stage the Nutcracker here in the United States. And from there, almost now every company in the world does it. You know what I mean? And it's it's become a staple for, you know, for ages you know, uh, that, that really help. They're the, it's the kind of show that gets a lot of people coming in. So they get a lot of revenue. It's, it's a wonderful thing that helps support the companies. People like to do traditional things this every year we go to see. Sure, mm-hmm. Exactly. So and then so, you step in. Then, then, you know, and so when I started Odyssey, I didn't, I wanted to stay away from the nutcrackers because okay. I'd done it for years. And, and, and I was like, Oh, please no more, no more nutcrackers for me. And then I started thinking about it. I thought, well, you know, because well, one of the things Odyssey does is we like to update things. We take take something that's classical and update it a little bit. And so I thought, well, what would, if I was going to update the Nutcracker, how would I do it? And I thought, well, first of all, kids today don't really understand what a Nutcracker is. Because we buy our nuts pre-cracked now. In a little I mean? bag, and, right, and, by yeah. the ounce. And so you, you don't even – a Nutcracker has no practical meaning to you other than it's a – thing that's really pretty in the window or something of that sort. So I thought, well, what the Nutcracker in the, in the original story is kind of like the, the thing that starts her dream, you know, starts her uh, imagination that takes her to all these different places. And I thought, well, what would that be today? And I thought, well, it would be a phone. It'd be an iPhone. So our Clara gets a Nutcracker and she looks at it and goes, well, what the heck is this? And she throws it off stage and the audience goes, oh, <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> you don't throw away the nutcracker. But then Drosselmeyer pulls out a phone and hands it to her. And she's like, yes, you know, that's what I wanted was a phone. And so, you know, she and she, so the phone is the portal that takes her on this journey. And so everything we do in the show is related to what you can do on your phone. So like if you have like the buffoons, you know, the little kids that always dance in mother, mother buffoon dance. Well, instead of buffoons, we have Mario's and Luigi's. <laughs> so it relates to the game, you know, that you're playing. You know, so she's always kind of playing a game. The the battle between the mice and the robots is all a game. It's a, it's a video game she's playing. You know? I actually wondered if you were going to update that, that to Angry Birds a oh, few years ago. Well, yes, we do. Right? Yes, we have instead of the Waltz of the Flowers, we have the Angry Bird Waltz, <laughs> which you know I found this amazing piece of music, with, which is the Waltz of the Flowers. But they have these birds tweeting it throughout the whole thing. And I thought, what in the world? I was laughing this so was much. This created for you. I was just like, oh, that is hysterical. How can I use this? And then I came upon the idea of, okay, those, those birds are angry birds. So I have the dancers on stage trying to dance a beautiful ballet. And these angry birds are popping up from the 
from the orchestra pit and just destroying everything, you know. So it comes a battle between the Angry Birds and the dancers on the stage, and it, it's they just tweet tweet all over the I'm place. I'm glad you that. brought that up about the orchestra pit, because tell me about the music for Odyssey Dance Theater's Redux Nut. Well, I mean, uh, we have a lot of really cool, different pieces of music that right. that are that are actually the, you'll recognize it from the original Nutcracker. Like they're but contemporary. They're, they're contemporized, yeah. you know, and so and there's like, you know, just different mixes of them. And I was amazed when I went through and started searching. I was like, oh, my heavens, there's so many different variations of this music. And just trying to find the right one that kind of fit in with my my sensibility. And I said, okay, I can see that. And that's really kind of cool. And let's go that direction with this piece and vice versa. I, I would love to have been around the dining room table. And I know your wife is an extraordinary creative talent who mm-hmm. helps with wardrobes and, and design with Odyssey Dance Theater. Did you come up with this together around the dining room table where you're thinking the Sugar Plum Fairies, this is, is what we can do. What is the Sugar Plum Fairy? And I actually, <laughs> I actually put together a track of music. I took the original music and I actually overdubbed it with some uh, dubstep type music and stuff like that and created a whole new version of the Sugar Plum Fairy dance that was uh, that's really really cool and very very different and very ominous what we and then what we decided to do is well what what would what would that character be in today's world the Sugar Plum Fairy because she's just kind of like she's a fairy Mm-hmm. And she shows up and does a lot of dancing, and and she's supposed to be really as awesome. a little kind girl. Like a queen can I just say like that? that I was really I thought, glad that there were fairies in the world? Sure. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, well, our 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 sugar plum fairy is Siri, <laughs> and so so she's Siri, and then her partner is the Australian male Siri, and so that's how we connected it together. And so she, Siri comes in, and she. She helps take her to, to Russia and to China and all these different places, Arabia. You know, she's, it makes such total sense now. I mean, it makes much more sense than I, than I ever experienced within, you know, in the ballet classical world. And so it's just, it, and then at the end of the whole show, it becomes very overwhelming because all these com- people are competing and going in and out and around her and, and it's scary. she gets, it she, feels she, a little she gets scary. overwhelmed. Sure. Yes. She gets overwhelmed with what can happen on her phone. And so she throws it away at the very end and then her family comes back in and then she's like, that's, that's the most important thing to me is my family, not mm. this phone, which, so there's actually a real moral to the story in our version that I, that is kind of missing because in, in the right original version, she watches everybody dance. She waves, she gets in a chariot and, and flies off and that's the end of the dream. And so you, you go, well, what happened? You know what I mean? To me, I think this gives it a, an ending, you know, and a, uh, and a moral to the story that really is relates today and to today. And in, in terms of, okay, you can be really wrapped up in your phone and miss out on what's happening to the person that's sitting next to you. And it can be overwhelming, yeah, especially yeah. for a child. All the different mm-hmm. influence, all the different influences that can can come flying at you from the internet. It's pretty crazy. That appears innocent uh-huh. at, at beginning, right? Exactly. And the fantasy world and the reality is it's quite complex mm-hmm. for Very a much child. So, so, so I, I think, do you have parents coming up after the show and saying, wink, wink, thank you, Daryl Yeager? Because, <laughs> because I do love that counterbalance that the real world around me, mm-hmm. the family around me is what's um, where the true magic and joy can be. <laughs> exactly. If, if, I, if, if I don't get trapped down the rabbit hole. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. We did another, we did a, a new piece for Odyssey 2 during Thriller this year, which was 
uh, to a song, wonderful song called uh, "Dead Man's Clothes," and it was about the dan- and the dancers had their phones the whole time. And it was it was about how they're not paying attention to anything around them. And I have these videos of people falling into holes and all this stuff, and falling into you know these pools and stuff just because they're 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 on their phone. They're not paying attention to what's around them. And so it's so I think it's a very very current theme. And certainly apropos for now. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really fun is the kids who come to the show, they get it. They understand. They're like, oh, okay, I get what. And I they know what it's like. Yeah. Right? They know what it's like yeah. to be trying to talk to a mom or dad, too, yeah. whose eyes are on the screen and not making eye contact with the kids, too. It's something we all battle with. It's Odyssey Dance Theater's Redux Nut. Tell me about the performance dates, the matinees. and, sure. and mm-hmm. We open on the 12th of December, goes to the 22nd. Uh, it's, it's a Redux Nut. Cracker is how I usually say it. Okay, let me try that again. Redux nut, cracker. Cracker. Yes, there's a little pause (laughs) right there before nut and cracker. I've been saying it wrong all along. It's it's, uh, December 12th through 22nd, Kingsbury Hall. Uh, We have matinees on the two Saturdays, you know, and uh, it's it's just a really, really fun show. And, you know, we took out all the boring stuff, and it just moves. It's just really, really interesting and and very, very different from what – from what you would normally see, but it's but it's also very familiar because most of the music is very, very familiar. Well, I should thank you, by the way, because I think in order for uh, kids um, to grow up to be young adults, to grow up to be adults with a respect and a love for art and the theater, they need to be exposed to it in sure. positive ways. Yeah. And so your performances are accessible mm-hmm. to kids. I, 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 do you recommend like age seven and up? What do you recommend for Odyssey uh, this, Dance This theaters? one, I, uh, mm-hmm. all ages are fine okay. for this one. Uh, for a thriller, we usually say eight and above because yeah. there's some scary stuff in we're not going to talk but, about what happens to santa but no, yeah not mm-hmm. at all and, then, and but uh but you know this one's just good for the whole family okay. I mean, it's really fun and, and so, the tickets are available where if you go to odysseydance.com you get all the information there um it's just a great great show and this year we actually have a brand new version of the chinese dance that we put together and it's really we got a Chinese dragon coming through and stuff like that. It's going to be cool. So your wife is busy at work creating a dragon costume. Well, we actually we actually got one from China, believe it or not. Oh, how beautiful that will be! Ordered it from China, and it's it's a it's an original, and it looks really great. Yeah, and I guess that's a great thing to say. It is a tradition Mm -hmm. to go to Redux Nut, and I want to say Cracker. Yes, thank you. And (laughs) and Odyssey Dance Theater's Thriller. No, uh, you know, but (laughs) if I if I get it right, but you do as you were talking about contemporize and. And adding the Chinese dragon this year, there are changes mm-hmm. that are weaved in in your performances. We have just a few minutes together, and I want to make sure that people know because gift ideas are coming. Uh-huh. Yes, you want to see Redux Nut Cracker, Cracker. Yes, but coming up in the spring, you know, tickets could we get sure. some for Christmas gifts or Shut Up and this, Dance? You bet, you bet. There is. We'd have our spring season called Shut Up and Dance. We're doing three productions in repertory at Kingsbury Hall. I think it's March. No, it's March 31st through April 9th, something around there. And then we go on tour to, to Europe after that. But there are three shows we're doing. We're, do, we're bringing back Chicago Nights, which we opened last year, and it was just an amazing show. Yes. Uh, we're bringing back Romeo and Juliet, mm. which has a huge, been a huge hit for many, many years. And we're also doing an, uh, a, a piece called Reflections, celebrating 25 years of Odyssey Dance Theater. It's our 25th anniversary. So is it a little bit of everything? And so we're using, we're, we're bringing back lots, several pieces from, from our last 25 years that are like the big hit pieces. I mean, this is like, this is like a, you know, a, a, 
all the best Grand pieces finale, yeah, right? of all the years we've been doing things. And so I'm actually starting off with one of the pieces that the very first piece I ever choreographed for the company. And it's actually Kurt Bester's Prayer of the Children. And it was the very first piece I ever choreographed for the company all those years ago. And it was just it's such a beautiful piece. I thought, okay, let's do that again. Let's say this is how we started. This is where we, you know, this is where the seeds of the company began, you know, and then we, we do something, some stuff from Mia Michaels. We have Eldon Johnson. And then we're also going to bring back Dance Fever as part of the show, you know, the Bee Gees piece. And it's just a blast. But there's just all these wonderful pieces that we've created over the years that, that, uh, really, really are amazing, and I'm really excited to bring them back. And very creative. And when you mentioned, for those who just joined us, again, this is Daryl Yeager. Uh, I, I describe you as the artistic director of Odyssey Dance Theater yep. and a founder and, and, the, and the big man, the big cheese, all of that. <laughs> but when we described Shut Up and Dance, which is coming in the springtime with yes. Odyssey Dance Theater, keep the idea of contemporary in your mind, mm-hmm. because this Romeo and Juliet is unlike other Romeo and Juliet's. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, all of them are fantastic, but it is a um, a current upgrade since yes. you were talking about uh, iPads and iPhones. And yes. smart, it's an we, upgrade. It's all mm-hmm. using contemporary music. Uh, it's the same story, but instead of the Montagues, we have the Monty Crew. So they are a <laughs> hip-hop group. And then the Capulets are Caputans, and they're like a Latin group. So we set up a, a, a natural... Uh, friction between these two groups of people, you know, one's more Latin, one is more hip hop oriented, and that sets up the the entire show. And it's just, it's a really amazing production. I have a son who was in show choir and absolutely, ah. uh, he did ballroom dance a bit. He loved Romeo and Juliet because he said it moved so fast, but seeing the different dance styles, mm-hmm. these are some of the, and I need to say, these are some of the premier dancers from around the world that are performing yeah. with the Odyssey Dance Theater. And not only I often will mention that some of your dancers are, are on reality TV shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is an extraordinary, we say tongue in cheek, contemporary, but the dance is just superb. Yeah, it's, it's it, they're really, really great, uh, great dancers and performers. Uh, Brandon Armstrong was just, just, uh, he's been in our company for many years. He he was just now made a a uh, pro in the dance wow. Dancing with the Stars this year, and he did a great job. And it was really really fun to see him explode. You know, Derek I love to watch him dance. And Julianne Huff were with us all years ago, and I mean, you know, these people who've done so well uh, outside of of Utah. You know, we, we're just very blessed. We have some amazing talent coming out of here of Utah. So. I think those uh, reality TV shows, what they did is for those of us, I'm pointing to me, that didn't have formal dance training, uh, that always admired mm-hmm. uh, the beauty of dance. It shows us the hard work that mm-hmm. goes behind the scenes a bit. And it kind of makes you believe that in each of us, there's a potential, uh-huh. uh, you know. Uh, well, and I think, mm-hmm. I think the one thing that, that it really does expose is what dancers can do. Mm-hmm. And the, the emotions that dance can bring uh, to their work. And that's what we do all the time as a company. The reason I called it Odyssey Dance Theater is because we take them on a journey. You know, it's not just one thing. We're going to take you through maybe a tap piece and then a hip hop piece and then a ballet piece. And, you know, it's, it's a journey, you know. And so if you don't like this, you're going to like something else. And so we're, uh, I, we're very, very fortunate. We have multi-multi-talented dancers in the company who just do all these different styles. And that's what you'll see in every show. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a personal question before sure. I let you go? So you stepped into the world of ballet. Uh-huh. Once you joined Ballet West, did you find that ballet was still your favorite form of dance? Or did you 
begin to see the light of hip hop and salsa? Uh, or, or tell me just a bit. Well, I'm just kind of curious. My my main training came in ballet, mm-hmm. and then when I moved to Los moved in Los Los Angeles after I was on a chorus line for a couple of years, uh, you know, I did all kinds of styles there: jazz, uh, hip hop. You know, I wasn't you know I wasn't super great at hip hop, you know, but but and I learned tap kind of on the job and stuff of that sort. So so I got experience performing each of these different styles, and that's what I and that's that sensibility that I feel I bring to the company. It says you know okay. I get a tap number, like in our Redux Nutcracker, we have uh, the Russian number that instead of the actual music playing, the, the whole idea is the music doesn't play, and then all of a sudden the tap, the guys start tapping, and they tap the rhythms mm. of the Russian dance. And so the audience is literally humming the song with them because they're going, you know, it's, it's all the rhythms of the Russian dance without the music. But what a gift because of your sensibility, because of your experience that the dancers with Odyssey Dance Theater are, are able to experiment in all mm-hmm. of those dance forms in addition to us as um, theater attendees yeah, to have yeah. a chance to experience it. It's Odyssey Dance Theater, Redux Nut till the 22nd of December, then shut up and dance. But I would just shut up and go online and grab some tickets. It's Christmas gifts because that's a shut up and dance performers. You said Chicago night, Chicago nights. Yes. Which was kind of like Roxy Hart meets Al Capone. Yes. And it it turned out awesome. It's a really great show. Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm. And then the reflections, the 25 years of Odyssey dance. It's It's, extraordinary. It's really going to be a great season. Tell me your website one more time. OdysseyDance.com. All right. Daryl Yeager. Thank you You so much for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum.